We are in the third week of this James series. So uh, there's two styles of preaching. There's expository and topical are the two primary ones. And I'm typically a topical kind of person. Um, and, and a lot of people are more expository. Expository means you just take a book or you take a text and you just work through it week by week. And the reason I'm more topical than expository is because one time we did this book and it's like a four chapter book in the Bible. It took us six months to get through it. Um, and I say that because this was supposed to be a five week series on James. Uh, we're three weeks in and we're still not out of chapter one and we're not leaving it today either. All right. So, uh, so we are in this third week. And so this is this book about faith that works. So if you're a person of faith or interested in faith, this has all been practical stuff. Uh, last week, we talked about this amazing idea of looking at ourselves uh, in a kind of in a mirror and the Bible reflects kind of what's going on. And we went through some pretty hard stuff that some of us have to question and ask. And so this day is going to be super practical. And I'm going to start with this old saying, maybe this was a saying that you told your kids or you've heard this before and it should come up here. It says, it says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That is the dumbest thing that's ever been said in human history. Do not teach that to your kids. It is dumb. Um, We all know that words hurt. All right, they do. Words hurt. Um, Someone might punch me and I might get a black eye and that lasts for a couple days. All right, but words, words that people have spoken to me, things people have said, they stick, don't they? And they can hurt us. Okay, words carry weight. Words are extraordinarily powerful. There's this great quote by John Keating. He says this, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world for good and for bad. And if you still don't believe me, just let's give you a couple of examples. In November 19th of 1863, a worn out, stressed out, and desperate man climbed a stage and he began to give a speech. And his speech started with four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation. And there's more to that speech, but that speech changed a war that changed the, the, where our country was headed all by words. Then in 1933, a young, ambitious leader came to power and he got behind a microphone And he split the world, leading to the largest war the world had ever seen. And Hitler never raised a gun, never threw a grenade. He just spoke words. And on August 28th, 1963, in Washington, D.C., a man climbed a stage and started with four words that are etched in the minds and the hearts of an entire nation. And he said, I have a dream. And that is the power of words. Not just in the big things, but in all things. Words shape things, words change things, words and ideas. And the reality is your life has been shaped and my life has been shaped by words. Words that were spoken to us, Words that were spoken over us and words that were spoken about us. Words shaped our childhood experiences. Words are shaping your marriages and your most intimate relationships. Words impact your confidence, self-esteem. Words impact who you see when you look in the mirror every day. People with no confidence have gained confidence simply by words being spoken over them. 
And people with extraordinary confidence have lost that confidence because of words spoken to them. One of the things we all know is that we rarely forget hurtful words. It just sticks with us. I mean, we, we could go through a day where 99 things are said about us that are positive and good and uplifting, and all it takes is one thing that someone says that hurts our feelings or says something negative about us, and at the end of the night when you lay in bed, what do you think about? That one thing. And it's not just the words, it's who says them, and depending on who says them. Right, I, I'm a pastor, a preacher, you can just call me Jeremy, no titles are needed. But, but what I realize is that sometimes when I talk to people or I counsel people or maybe even from the stage, sometimes my words come across differently and can mean different things to people. We, we talked about before, everything that you believe is taught or experienced and those teachings and those experiences are often formed and shaped by words. So much so that my number one rule of communication, whether I'm talking with you privately or from the stage, is it's not what I say, it's what you hear that matters. And so my goal is always to make things as clear as possible so you hear what I'm actually trying to say. But all of us, if you're a boss, if you're a leader, your words matter. And then we think about the most intimate things, right? Like if you're a mom, your words weigh a lot, don't they? And what you say to your kids matters. And I don't know where it started, but for us dads in the room, our words often seem to weigh the most. I've rarely had a people sit in my office and tell me about the lack of affirmation from their boss or a teacher, but I hear lots of people talk about lack of affirmation from their fathers. I wish my dad would have. I would love to hear my dad say. And perhaps the most overlooked part of all this dynamic is when we say words, they come so easily and they come so fast. I mean, it can only take a few seconds to say things to someone that damages them for a lifetime. And so we can say these words and they so come quickly. But, but what happens sometimes is we say things and we're in the heat of an argument and so we'll say something. And it's kind of like one of those moments where we realize later what we've said we shouldn't have said. And so even though it took a few seconds for us to say these things or a few moments, the reality is it takes much longer to get over those things, doesn't it? Recovery time is not equal. It's often ridiculous when you say to someone, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. And the person that says it, we've all done this, we've been on both sides of this, but just hear me out. Sometimes what they mean when they say, I'm sorry I said that is, can't we just go back to the way it was? And the problem is because it was so simple for you to say those words. See, the implication is why can't we just go back to it? I didn't mean it. It was just a few seconds. But sometimes those words, they stick in our hearts and our minds for days and weeks and months and even decades. So our words have a lot of power. Think about this right now. Because I'm on a stage wearing a microphone and because it's being recorded so it'll be on the internet. Um, I could say some things right now that would cost me my job, right? Like I could say some things, I'm not, don't worry, but I could say some things right now, truthfully, that next week the management team comes up and you're like, you remember Jeremy? Yeah, he's not coming back, all right? <laughs> That's how powerful words are. And so James, he, he, he's doing this practical kind of writing and he's teaching us these things. So this is not a new problem, but he wants us to know the power of words. And, and so he says this in James chapter one. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, verse 19, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. 
So we could just end there because I, listen, this sermon is as much for me as anybody else, all right? Um, I am a person that, that, listen, I do listen, but I'm always ready to talk, right? And, and I don't know about you guys, and sometimes I'm just waiting for my turn to talk, right? Anybody else? And so sometimes the problem is we're not listening to what's going on. We're not listening to what they're saying. And so practical advice is we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry sometimes, all right? Because here's the reality. Sometimes the things that we're getting angry about when people are talking to us or saying things to us are the exact same things that if we were saying, we would hope that they would have patience and understanding, right? And so we have to be aware of that. You know, it's this mirror talk we talked about last week. It's this idea that when you look at a mirror and the Bible kind of exposes things in us, that when we look at a mirror and, and you see that in yourself, like you don't just walk away with your hair messed up and, you know, whatever's on your face or whatever, you, you fix it. And then he says this, and this is, this is powerful, verse 26. He says this, those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. And if you don't like that statement, good luck getting a hold of James to argue with them. All right? Our words are one of the most powerful things at our disposal. You can destroy a person with words and not even be in the same room as them. You can. And so James wants us to be real clear about the power of our words. And so he doesn't just give us that little preview in James chapter 1. He's going to come back and dedicate a whole chapter. Now, he didn't realize we were going to break this down into chapters, but a whole section of the letter that he's writing. And so he says in James chapter 3, it starts off by this. He says, we stumble in many ways. And that's true. We all have our faults. We all have our problems. Um, Just so you guys know, I'm as messed up as most of you guys are. And the person next to you, even though they don't like to admit it, is as messed up as the person next to you and the you that's right in front of you, okay? We're all messed up. We all stumble. We all have problems. We all have faults. But he says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Now, when I read this, I, I kind of was like, well, what does he mean? If you can control your mouth, then, then you're perfect. And, and, and then I started kind of thinking about what he's saying, all right? How much of the problems that we have in life and in this world started with this? Almost all of them, right? It almost all started with things that were said, things that were said about us, things how we responded to things. It almost always starts, most of the problem, most of the trouble that we have, it starts with the mouth. And and so I think what he's trying to say, listen, he's saying if you can get your mouth in check, if you can get that in check, then you're going to be a lot better off than most people. Because most of the stuff that we wrestle with starts with this. It starts with our words and the things we say. And so he's going to give us some illustrations that are real practical about how powerful our words are. So he says in verse 3, he says, When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And so this is true. Like if you think the derby's coming up, right? And so these horses, if you've never seen them in, in person, they are large and they are powerful. I mean, they are, you talk about people go to the gym to be bodybuilders. I mean, have you ever seen a horse run and its muscles, like the whole length of its side is just muscular in its legs? I mean, these are athletes in, in this truest sense of the word. These are strong animals. And yet you take this little bitty bit and you put it in its mouth and you can control that animal. They could outrun you, could outpower you, could kick you and you'd be done. And this little bitty thing can control the whole animal. And he says this, or or take ships as an example. 
Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Now, if you've ever seen a boat in the bottom of the boat, you know this is true. I mean, giant cruise ships, I mean, giant warships are all kind of controlled by this little bitty rudder, which in comparison to the rest of the size of the boat is actually fairly small. And yet this giant thing is controlled by this small thing. So he's saying, likewise, the tongue, when you think about your body, is relatively small in comparison to the rest of your body. The average size tongue, I looked it up, is about 3.3 inches. All right? 3.3 inches. And so this little thing in your body, about 3.3 inches, um, has the ability to control your life, your destiny, all by what you allow to come out of it. And how about this? The tongue is made up of about eight major muscles that kind of make up the tongue. And so what's interesting is when we think about it, so the tongue is made up of muscles. Every other muscle in your body eventually gets worn out, doesn't it? But not the tongue. (laughs) The tongue never gets tired. It never wears out. It's never exhausted. And so James, he's saying just, you know, just like the bit in a horse's mouth or this small rudder on a boat, this small little thing has extraordinary influence and power. And, and you know, when I was writing this in Dirk and Dude, I was kind of thinking about the tongue, and, and then it hit me, and this is, this is crazy. So, um, so in their world, and in the world 25 years ago-ish, um, you had to say things to get in trouble, or you had to write things to get in trouble, or, or whatever. Um, but now we can text, Right? And now we can go on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and we can tweet and comment. I, I mean, our, our words don't just come from our mouth anymore. It comes from our fingertips, doesn't it? It's so dangerous. And he wants to kind of give us the real illustration. He says, consider, verse 5, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So if you haven't been paying attention, because there's a lot of craziness going on in our world, but there, there seems to be wildfires that pop up every, every year, and, and there's some major ones that have happened this year, and barely makes the news here, because a lot of it's not here. But every year, or every couple of years, you see these great wildfires out in California or out in, in the West, and, and typically what they find is that hundreds and sometimes millions of acres of land destroyed. And usually it's like somebody threw a cigarette out a window. Or somebody lit a match and threw it on the ground and a little bitty spark came off of it. Or it's all these crazy, like little bitty things that happen that cause these huge fires. What was fascinating is there was fires a couple years ago, and they've done this before in California, but, but in Australia, I don't know if you guys remember hearing about this, and, and they could see them from space. That's how large these fires were. And then you think about it like we've seen before, in fact, just a couple of years ago, if you remember, there was a couple of nights where our sky was a little bit hazy here in Kentucky, and it was because of fires going on out west. And so you think about the power of a forest fire, and it's almost always started by just a spark or a small thing. So it's this amazing illustration that, that our words, even like these small things, these small things that we say to each other, these small comments, these small snide remarks, these, the right moment and the right time to the right person, it can, it can cause a fire, can it? And it can burn up a whole lot of stuff. I've seen churches destroyed. 
I've seen and sat in rooms with families that are now destroyed, burned up because of a comment, because of a saying. I've seen friends that are no longer friends. And I've seen people whose entire lives have been burned down by a spark, a word, a sentence. I've seen people that they can't recover because of a text that was sent to them. I've seen people whose lives are looking different by, by gossip. Let me go ahead and tell you the number one thing you know about gossip. If they are talking to you about someone else, they are talking about you to someone else. Gossip never stays isolated. People that love to gossip, it's not just one person they gossip about. It's everybody. And it hurts. It hurts to be talked about behind your back. You know the number one thing, I'll just be honest, you know the number one thing that drives me crazy, it's happened a couple times in my life. You know when like you're with a group of people and, and they're texting and all of a sudden you hear like the other person next to you, their phone ding, and then it's like, and they're texting, maybe not about you, but they're texting around you. <laughs> like, what? All words. And it hurts. The tongue, he says in verse 6, is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Seems a little dramatic, doesn't it? But it's true, isn't it? We know people who, because of their words, their whole life gets set up in flames. And here's why we know this is true. See, listen, it's your whole body, it's your whole life that gets in trouble by, by just your words, right? So, so parents, here's how you know this is true. Um, when your child mouths off to you, and it's going to happen if it hasn't, just wait, okay? When they mouth off to you, um, you don't put their tongue in timeout, do you? You put the whole person in timeout, right? No one's ever divorced the tongue. They divorced the whole person, The principal doesn't expel the mouth. The boss doesn't fire the mouth. The whole person. That's James's point. This one little thing, one little part of your body, this one little thing can say things, can text things, and causes everything else to crumble. Your mouth, my mouth, has the potential to get your entire body, your entire life, it can determine the direction of your entire body, your entire life, your whole life. As your words go many of your relationships, you all, me included, have the potential to burn down every relationship in your life with just words. You can burn down your marriage with words. You can burn down your relationship with your kids with words. You can burn down your career with words. And the truth is, Some of us have scorched the people we love the most with our words. Rachel Watson says this, Be mindful when it comes to your words. A string of some that don't mean much to you may stick with someone else for a lifetime. And I don't even know who said this quote, and I tried to find it, but it was credited to like 20 people, so we're just going to say it's unknown. It says this, Be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can be only forgiven, not forgotten. And that's true, isn't it? And then we think about us as Christians. 
So this idea that, that we want to influence the world, we want to make a positive example in the world, we, we want to help people see Jesus. I mean, all we really have at the end of the day is, is influence. And, and think about this. Not only do you have the potential to, to blow up some, your own life, but you have the potential with what you say and with what you tweet and with what you post to burn down your influence on those in your community and those who you say you love. I am convinced that there are people that may never follow Jesus because of the words that came from some of us. What happens when someone calls you out? What happens when someone preaches a sermon about how all of us are bad at talking, right? We defend ourselves, right? For some of us, what we say is, well, the reason I was gossip, it wasn't really gossip, because gossip is, just, you know, the reason that I did this is because it was, it was true, and I was just being honest. Here's the number one rule you need to know. Everything that you say should, should be true, but not everything true needs to be said. Let me repeat that for anybody that missed that. Everything you say should be true, but not everything true needs to be said. Just because it's true doesn't mean it hurts any less. Well, I was just mad. Okay, time out. Has anybody ever said anything good when they're mad? No. Well, I was just drunk. Well, there's your problem, all right? (laughs) Well, I didn't mean it. Well, good luck convincing them you didn't mean it. The truth is, and you know this, you're all intelligent people. Listen, if you start a forest fire accidentally, they don't care. They're prosecuting you. If you start a fire with your words, even if it was an accident. But he's not done. Here's what he says. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and siege creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. I mean, think about that. We have tamed the world. There are great white sharks and, and, and polar bears, which could kill you in the wild like that, just so you know, okay, um, in captivity. We, we, we are the apex predator of the world, right? We have controlled the world. We have tamed every kind of beast, and yet no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. It should come with a warning label, right? And then he says this, and this is the part that, that in his illustration, I think that we, and here's the thing. So for, if you're not a Christian or you're not a Jesus follower, you're still figuring this out. Like this is just practical. Your words can hurt people. And I hope that your intention is never to hurt people. And it can break up your marriage. It can break up your friendships. It can break up your career. I mean, it can do all kinds of damage, just words that you speak, right? I mean, this is reality, But then listen to what he ends on. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with that same tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So here's what he's saying, right? See, in a minute, we're going to sing some songs. I've the only one's been talking so far, all right? But in a minute, you're going to start responding because you're going to sing some songs. And you're going to talk about how great God is, Right? And you're going to talk about how much you love him, right? And you're going to sing all these words and you're going to sing them good because we got a great band and you're going to, it's going to be an awesome experience for you and you're going to do this and then you're going to get in the car and you're going to yell at your wife, aren't you? (laughs) 
Or you're going to yell at your kids because they embarrassed you in the lobby. Or you're going to go to the, the restaurant and you know what? That should have came out about 10 minutes earlier than it should have. Let me speak to your manager. I had a, I had a friend that uh, works at Walgreens. It's a guy I grew up with. And a few years ago, and I'm not going to say who it was. I could, but I'm not. Um, a few years ago, they, they left church and they had to go pick up a prescription. Um, they were wearing this shirt that says Love Bullet. I don't know if you remember those shirts. And their prescription wasn't ready. And they sure let him know that it was his fault, and they used some choice language. Um, and, and he called me, and he told me he was laughing. He didn't care. And he was just like, I just thought it was funny because the whole time they're wearing a shirt, says, love bullet, and I'm in bullet, you know? And I was like, yep, that's about right. And so here's the thing. I mean, how, listen, you're going to praise your Father in heaven, and then for some of us, we're going to leave this place, and we're going to start to curse people who God says that he loves and made in his image. How hypocritical is that? And no wonder people don't take us seriously. Out of the same mouth, he says, comes praise, verse 10, comes praise and cursing. (coughs) My brothers and sisters, this should not be It doesn't make any sense that out of the same mouth, you're going to sing this song, you're going to say these things, and then that same tongue is going to say this. He says, can a both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. He's saying, listen, you can't have both ways. And then what comes next is a shock. And the reason it's a shock is because he said all this stuff. He's talked about how we're about to burn our life up in the flames of hell. He talked about the idea that we're, we're praising God and cursing people and all of this stuff. And so you expect that he's going to be like, but good news, guys, here's how you solve this. And he doesn't. He just moves on to the next thing. And it's almost like this moment where you're like, all right, James, like you just made me feel really bad about myself because I struggle with this as much as anybody. So, so, so give, me, give me what I need to do. And then I was thinking about it. And I was like, the reason that maybe he, he doesn't just give us like a, so just do this real quick and you'll be all right, is because it doesn't matter how mature you are. It doesn't matter how committed you are to Jesus. Here's what I know. All of us, at some point, have the potential to say some things that are just going to hurt some people. This isn't a one-off. This isn't a get baptized and then you'll never say anything bad again, right? This is, you're going to be struggling with this. And, and so it's just as, hey, just so you guys know, heads up, rest of your life, like, like your tongue has the potential to get you in a lot of trouble. So don't forget how powerful your words actually are. And, and, and see, the reason I think that he ends that, and I think it's that the reminder of just, hey, just so you know, here's the whole chapter. It's really important you control your words because it has a lot of potential to do a lot of damage. Um, and, and here's why. Because here's what you need to know about your words. Your words are not a mouth issue. Your words are not a thumb issue. And and here's what some of you know. Your words are not a them issue. Your words are a heart issue. Jesus, 
says this. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come. He said, here, talking to the Pharisees, listen and try to understand, which just ticked them off when he says that, all right? It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, okay? So they're having this big argument about what we eat and what we can't eat and all this stuff. That was a big deal to them. We don't really care. We're like them Taco Bell in our mouth, which isn't even real food. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you said? And then he, there's this kind of discourse between them about food again. But he says this, and he gives this, don't you understand yet? Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through your stomach and goes into the sewer, all right? So in case you didn't know, you eat it, you poop it, it's gone, all right? That's like how it works. It just goes in, comes out, all right? It's part of being a human. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. You ever had that moment where you're in an argument and you say something? Or later you're trying to make an amends with somebody about something you said and you say, I don't know where that came from. Jesus and modern psychology, just so you know, would be like, it's your heart. That was in there. And it was just a matter of time before somebody said or did the right thing and it came out. So this is a heart issue. There's something inside of you and you've got to deal with it. And the problem with our hearts is, as good as we think we are, our hearts are going to be something we struggle with for the rest of our lives. So there is a little bit of good news. Last week we talked about this verse, and i got to wrap up. It said, transformed by the renewing of your minds. So, so here's what I want to say. This whole time we've been talking about the negative effect of words. But the same is true of words, of the negative, of the positive, right? Because it's the world we live in. And, and so here's the thing. Um, you can tear down and destroy people. You can cause hurt and pain by the words that you speak. But you can also change somebody's life by the words that you speak, can't you? You can change somebody's day by the words that you speak. You never know what could come from just a kind word to a stranger. So all of us have been in situations or moments in our life. I have days I'm just stressed out. I have days where I'm just ready to punch somebody. I know I shouldn't say that as a pastor, but it's true. Um, I have days that aren't good. And sometimes it just takes the kind word from someone to remind me. Oh, yeah. And, and so with the same tongue, we can hurt people, but we can also build people up. We can encourage people. We can change the fortitude of someone's disposition of their life. We can do all of these things. Um, one word spoken. Mother Teresa said this. It's one of my favorite quotes. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. So, when we think about our tongue, when we think about the words that we speak, may we all be quick to listen and slow to speak. May we all learn the power of our words when we do speak. And may we be the people who speak wisdom and encouragement. May we be people that with our words, we raise people up as Jesus has raised us up through the grace and the mercy and the love that he displayed, not only on the cross, but the words that he spoke over us. May we learn that words truly matter and that words can change the world. It did it once, it can do it again. Let's pray.